Hi everyone, this is Kujan, aka Gigi. And I'm Victoria. And this is Mika. And this is A Word at the Table. Hey everybody. Um, happy Juneteenth weekend, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, we just uh, basically we're celebrating this holiday to, for everyone to like recognize us and um, start making it like a official holiday. So, um, you know, right now with our racial climate, I think it's just um, so important that we do recognize our history. And it's been, uh, it's been an interesting time, honestly. A long time coming. I'm excited that we are in the time that we are in because it seems like we're finally going to make there's finally going to be a lot of changes made because it seems like the people that that matter that are, are at those tables um, are actually finally listening. Um, so hopefully, hopefully this is not a, a short-term thing or a trend, but yeah. an actual change. Yeah, same. I honestly, I'm like so proud of our generation. Like, I feel like we are a movement. And I, I genuinely do think that um, things will change. I genuinely do think that. And I'm really excited. Like, I think there's so many laws that have been passed that are showing that there um, are changes are, are coming. But, you know, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a long battle, you know, but um, I forget who said this, but there was just like, you know, the battle to end racism is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So um, I think, it, you know, it's important that we celebrate the wins that we have, but we do have some way to go. But I definitely agree with you, Mika. Like, I feel like it's, it's, we're living a moment in history. And I think that um, we're going to get there. I genuinely think that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, so anyway, we're going to start typically, uh, you know, we have like a bag of questions and then we jump into the topic. So um, with the racial climate, I guess we'll just have questions that are kind of geared towards that. Um, so have you guys, I mean, it's, this is this is like a, a moment of awakening, a moment of people's eyes, you know, being open to things. Um, is there anything that you've learned with this whole, uh, you know, moment that we're in? Have you guys learned anything? Ooh, it's been a wealth of information, like, like overwhelming amount of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like for me, it's not so much, I, I guess it is what I learned, but I think I learned more how to articulate my blackness and how to be more mm. proud of being who I am in the rooms that sometimes, like, for example, maybe in the corporate environment, you can dim your light a little bit because you're a minority. Mm. But I think that like through this um, season of that we're going in of racial tension. And I, I think I just learned to speak more boldly and to speak up more. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. I feel like I'm like super bold with whatever I have to say as well. But I, then again, I've always been like that, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's more. Um, yeah. but I would, oh, would I, you say Mika? 
like sometimes you didn't have the right words to express it but i think now i have the words to express mm-hmm. it. right yeah i agree and for me i i actually i didn't know so many people were so unaware of it like genuinely did not <laughs> know all the things that black people go through and they're like oh like it's like what like we're literally in a season of awakening and it's just like or a moment of awakening whatever you want to call it but um yeah i didn't know that so many people were like so blind to it or like we're like wow and it's like oh welcome to our lives like this is something that we've dealt with for years so it's um so that's something that i'm shocked to know i think some people might have known but then act but acted like they didn't but i genuinely do think that some people were just blind to it and they're like whoa this is something that needs to change I think one of the things that I learned throughout all, like this specific movement is, you know, with some of the actions that people want to take, like with defund the police, like I know that sounds like a radical idea, but like it's bring to light, like how much of an oppressive force the police is, like the police as a system is, and like how much money goes to allocate people that like bully civilians, like they're already criminals. And so it's like when people say defund the police, like maybe it's just mean like, like, you know, lessen the police force, you know, because when you're in a nice neighborhood, you don't see the police like surveying around like sharks, yeah. you know, like, you don't see that. Like, I, I feel like it shows how corrupt the police system is and how much it needs like it needs change it needs reform happening yeah i was gonna say i think like even um you always had i think a, a a good amount of black people that saw the black lives matter movement as sort of too radical in the middle but i feel like now most black people if not yeah like the majority of black people are aligned Mm -hmm. with the whole movement of black lives matter and are on the same page with defund the police because before it was like well you know this neighborhood has a lot of crime so the police needs to be there but Mm -hmm. we didn't connect the dots to well maybe there are there's a lot of crimes because the police is there um, right. Yeah. Like I think um I saw a video that the Young Turks did that um 70% I have to look back on it but like 70% of the time when cops are called an arrest is made. That means it's like like just because you show up an arrest is made like half the time um when you call the cop it's not necessarily like oh, you know, arrest is like mm-hmm. you can call the cops on people who are just minding their business. And then now it's an altercation because you know you don't know if they have quotas to fill. You don't know, like they come, I have to do a job. Oh, what was what, the problem? Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if you called the fire department, but you didn't really need the fire department to break your windows and get into yeah. your house, they're gonna do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. That's exactly what <laughs> Like, you're here to help, but you're making the situation worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, so um, I guess uh, if you guys don't have anything else you'd like to share that you've learned, I guess we can jump into the topic. Mm-hmm. So the topic for today is, does your hate, like, I definitely wanted us to talk about this because I'm guilty of this myself. Does your hate stop you from feeling God's presence? 
So with this current climate, it's clear that there's a lot of hate on both sides. Like you have um, people who don't understand a movement. They're like trying to demonize people that are protesting. They're trying to um, paint paint the situation in a certain light or minimize a certain situation. Like, you know, people maybe deserve certain things to happen to them. So I feel like there's a lot of hate going on um, from both sides. And whether or not you agree that it's supposed to be a Christian nation, but I feel like hate is really prevalent right now. Um, What does the Bible say about hate? So the verse I wanted to talk about is 1 John 4.20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he, for he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. What do you think the reasoning behind that is? Well, you know, that's something that I, I have thought about in the past, not in the context of today's um, environment or climate, but I think God calls us to love our neighbor and says that, you know, if you say you love God, you have to display that to how you love the person next to you. Mm-hmm. You know, God is, God, I think is, um, often you can think of God as an idea, although we know that God is real and he has shown himself to us countless number of times. But sometimes I think in your day-to-day, like divine power and God's presence can be more of an idea rather than a reality. So I think if we can't love a person that we're supposed to do life with, even if it's not like, you know, somebody that you're in a personal relationship with, but just, you know, just the stranger, another human life. If you don't, if you are not, um, if you don't love that person or if you're not concerned about that person's well-being in general, mm. I think it's hard for you to then say, I love God. Because it just doesn't jive well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's because of the fact that people are more tangible. Like, I can literally see you. I can see mm-hmm. you. I can touch you. I can, if I stab you, you're going to bleed. Like, I see, right. I can see how I'm hurting you. So it's like, how can you um, deny something that's so tangible, but yet you can just be like, okay, no, I believe in God who I don't necessarily see on a daily basis. Like, I, can, I know God's presence is with me, but it's not as tangible as if I was to see my brother or sister. And you know what it is about that verse, it says, you know, to love your neighbor. It doesn't say your white neighbor. It doesn't say, Uh you know, your Asian neighbor. It says to love your neighbor. So it's like, you can't just manipulate it to how you want to see it, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's my take on that verse. You've ever heard that story where it's like, um, if Jesus was like a homeless man or something like that, and like how people would like react to him or you guys ever heard that story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is kind of the same way. So it's like if Jesus himself was like a person on earth and he, he didn't look like the type of person that you usually interact with, he wasn't like clean and he, you know, didn't have long blonde flowing hair and stuff like that. If he looked like, like somebody that 
would otherwise frighten you or something like that? How would you treat him? Like, like how can you hate somebody that you don't know or just another child of God and call yourself a Christian, you know? Like, how do you, how do you have that animosity towards somebody else? You have no idea who that person is. And, you know, one thing that comes to mind, and I don't know if this is going to be off topic, but it's to think about, um, I heard a statement, well, I've heard this several times, how, you know, racism and white supremacy is something that, I don't know if it started, but perhaps was encouraged by evangelical Christians. Yes, say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, like, in the, I heard the Pope make a statement, like, a few, maybe a few weeks ago, or a couple, maybe a couple of weeks ago, about, you know, because Catholics, for example, um, different from evangelical Christians, obviously, but Catholics are always, they always hang their hats on pro-life. Every life matters. And the, the statement that the Pope made said something like, we can't tolerate or turn a blind eye to racism and exclusion in any form and yet claim to defend the sacredness of every human life. Mm. So it's like, if you're saying, I, I don't know, conception, you believe that that life matters, why does not every human life, when they're walking around on the planet, also matter? Why, why should any yeah. life be subjected to any form of um, supremacy or inferiority? Yeah. So I think it's like it's it's really um, it really is something that tears at my heart to think about that the church and Christianism has that also has that um, really bad I guess um, it's like the past or the basis of how the modern church was created was founded on these ideas of separation and segregation and supremacy that I think we need to reconcile with as a people and as a Christian people to really make amends for that and somehow um, heal. Because I, I think the church has to set an example for society rather than yeah. being government to model how to love people and for us to follow suit. I think the church should be the first step where it starts. Right. Agreed. Oh, no, that was definitely that. Yeah, because we should hold we hold a higher standard than the world. Like I shouldn't be getting the same treatment that I get at a bar at a church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if this was truly a Christian nation, if this was truly a Christian nation, and we're supposed to, like you said, supposed to be um, you know pro life, we shouldn't accept executions in the street. Like right. like if this is pro life, we shouldn't accept executions in the street. We shouldn't accept like you know. Um, food deserts and child starvation. No, not even child, yeah. like people starving, starving. Yeah. Like that. We Homelessness, shouldn't yeah. poverty, like. This, this, this should be pro-life. This should be all under the pro-life, you know, mm -hmm. agenda because half the time, oh, I mean, I say half the time, but a lot of the times if someone, it wants to have an abortion, it's usually because they can't afford it. So like, if this is truly a Christian nation, why do we have poverty as such a big issue? You know, people can't, literally can't afford to live. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. All right, so my next, my actual next point was, you know, Americana versus white Christianity. 
Um, I think Judy, you sent me like this video of um, the pastors talking about like touching on that topic. Yeah, it was such a powerful. I said it to you too, Nika. You, or you, maybe you've seen it with T.D. Jakes talking to like white pastors. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I will send it to you, girl. It was so good. And it was such an open, honest conversation about the church and how they literally are mirroring what um, what white supremacy is, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Didn't Martin Luther King say the most segregated day of the week is Sunday? Ooh. Yeah. Was it Martin Luther King? Somebody said it. I think it was. Yeah, and oh. it is. I mean, that makes sense because it's like this Christian, like this nation is supposed to be like a Christian nation and like these are the um, values that it's set it upon. But like, you know, like the KKK is also a Christian organization, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, you can have, like, I feel like that's not Christianity, that's Americana. Americana is like this mm-hmm. weird watered down version of Christianity where it's like, yes. like white Jesus, yes. you know? It's like, like this... Americana allows for hate. This Americana allows for like death and poverty and like, you know, the dehumanization of other people. Like, like it's okay to put people in cages because they're not white immigrants. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're brown immigrants. Like, you know, right. like, like, and I feel like that's what our country's kind of like being based on. Like an Americana type thing. And like that, oh my gosh. Yeah, I... I yeah. Oh, why were you gonna say? No, I was going to say, I completely agree with that. And it's like, I think also the fact that like these days, the way that culture is, is like, well, every, everyone has an opinion and everyone is entitled to their opinions. Okay, cool. But there's also something called facts. (laughs) Like there, there are things that are not opinions. Like I think the we've allowed as a culture um american culture too much um like opinion based ideas inflicted upon what the true word of the bible says that i think like if we depart from it in one area it's kind of hard to not depart from it in all other areas like it's kind of hard to keep control of that so that's really why i think people are confused by the whole love thing because they find ways to justify their their unjust oh, actions exactly like re- you have like reasonings on like why this is okay and stuff like that and it's like if you're not using the truth you're using a lie like these right. these are lies you know like like it's okay, it's okay to call out and like what lies are and like what the media propagates and like what has been passed down to you by generations and generations. It's okay to like look up a hashtag and be like, oh, this is what this movement's about. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. let me exercise some compassion and figure out what this is, you know? Yeah, I agree. I so agree. that's uh, my feelings on that. But um, as on the other side, how do I check my own feelings of prejudice? Cause I'm not even like, if I want to be absolutely honest, um, obviously I'm not in a position to carry out hate, but I feel a little hate towards people who might hate me. It's kind of like a, like, mm-hmm. like that toxicity is contagious, you know? Yeah. 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 And I'm not yeah. even on the front. 
like I'm not like I'm I'm not gonna say that um I don't like like white people. I'm not gonna say that. But like usually when I meet a white person and they are of faith or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I just automatically think Trump supporter. Like I don't know why. Like, <laughs> like, white Christians. I'm like. Do you have hate in your heart? Like, like maybe because I went to a Christian high school and like those, some of those teachers and the administration, I'm going to be honest, like, it, let's be honest. When you have a white Christian, a white Christian conservative, they're usually, they're usually not accepting of your blackness. I don't know. Like they just kind of instill something in you that makes you kind of hate yourself. No, a hundred percent. I agree with you. Like, I feel like the whole white evangelical church is like support. Like, they support the political things when it has to deal with them. Yeah. And then if it, if, it, if it gets anything political with black people, they're like, ooh, you know, with the church, we don't really deal with things like that. Like, that's their their perspective of it, and that's how they deal with it. Even with now, I don't think they've released a statement or done anything. Where they at? Nowhere. <laughs> they're just <laughs> silent. So you talking about the white yeah. church? What do you mean? Well, well, yeah, the white evangelical church. They're just, I, I, I don't see them in the streets. I don't see them doing protests. Most of these Girl. protests are like black churches. I mean, I Honestly, haven't heard anything. I could be wrong, but. The I only video anything. that I've seen so far is like these two white evangelical pastors talking to, you guys know Lecrae? Yes. Yeah. That was a weird video. I only seen snippets. I didn't see the full video. But it was such a cringy video. They were talking about like um, uh, the white blessing teaching the black girl, girl. They were talking about wow. the white blessing teaching the black man about God. And Lecrae was sitting there nodding, nodding his head. What? I have to watch the whole thing. I was because like I just saw like snippets on Twitter. But like that's what I'm talking about. Like when I tell you they instill like a type of hate for you. Like I remember in mm. high school, we had a, a poet that came to, to um, speak at our school and she, she was saying facts. Like, like just her poem was about like black pride and like holding your hand, holding your head up, even when you're different among the old, like um, among the masses. And she like did a black power fist. Mm-hmm. Then one of the white Christians in the administration of my white school was like, oh, so serious. So there is. They were like, oh, those people like that anger me. If you're so unhappy with this country, why don't you get out? Oh, my wow. God. I was 15 years old, and they said that. And I look to you as a man of God. You, you do chapel every Friday. Like, I look up to you. You speak facts about the Bible all the time. And then, like, somebody comes to the school, talks about my blackness, made me feel like, okay, what's up? It's kind of lit to be me. And you smack it down like, it's like you know, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I go to an all-white church. Like, <laughs> literally, when I say I go to an all-white church, like, me and Neskin are the only two black people in the church, uh, and everybody else is white. And I think there's one other lady who who maybe, um, of, like, she's a, maybe a Latina. I'm not sure but mm-hmm. she's not white. Of color. Uh, yeah, she's a woman of color. Yeah. So, but I think that, you know, when I, given that I'm in the state of Indiana, who that is a super conservative red state, I often, like, the people are really nice, really polite, really loving, 
but I have to say that there is a disconnect between like blackness and appreciating, you know, culture, black culture, or even expressing the terms black lives matter mm. um, versus like talking about, you know, th their positions as a church and how they should be influencing community. Now I say this to say, and also like with a grain of salt, because given that we're going through um, like this coronavirus pandemic, I haven't been in church since March, since early March. So I don't know if they've actually, you know, talked about it. I also haven't att attended the virtual <laughs> sermons and, and uh, services because I've been attending my New York church services. But um, I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they've really said anything. Like I've had a lot of my secular friends from in New York, my secular white friends who reach out to me and say like, how are you doing? How are you taking in all that's going on? Like, I, I don't know what to do or what to say, but I just want you to know that I care about you. And if you ever want to talk, I want to, I'll be there to hear you. Like a lot of my white did that and these are non-christian people yeah and i not not a soul in my <laughs> white church did that not one and yeah. the thing is like even though I, i'm not attending like regular sunday church service i still have gone to bible study like the women's bible study group um weekly and you know they say in general like oh Mikkel, how are you but it's not like you're not asking me, you know, like a direct question, like how are you doing with things that are going on right now in the news and in the city? And right. like in the city of Indianapolis, we had recent shootings of um, black people by the police and there were protests in the streets. And it's like, I feel like they were just either uncomfortable and they didn't know what to say, but no one made an effort to say anything. And that, like, I think that has me, like, rethinking my um, church affiliation or my position. I don't know. Because mm. it's, it's I mean, that matters, though. Cause I, yeah. Because I think that God, God doesn't, God did not create racism, but he certainly created people and he created us different races. So, and he loves us all the same and he calls us to love each other all the same. So I think it's not, we can't diminish our blackness or really our whiteness really to um, be less than what it is. But I think that people just need to love each other and respect each other. And um, like, even if like people, white people may say, or some, may say, well, I, my parents or my grandparents were not slave owners. Yeah, nobody said that you directly were involved in slavery, but you need to recognize that you are privileged by the systems that were established and that stemmed from wow. slavery. And I think that like white people and white Christians especially, they feel they haven't come to a reckoning of that. And I don't know what it'll take him there. 
hopefully this movement, ho- hopefully the wealth of information that's out there and like a true movement of God pushing compassion and like opening yeah. up their eyes. Cause like, if you really want to label yourself a white evangelical Christian, you're labeling yourself with the party that supports Donald Trump. Take a look at what that party represents that. Take a look at your Bible. Do they correlate? Like, really? Where are you headed? Yeah, exactly. And it's that's just so sad that literally your friends, your white friends that aren't Christians hit you yes. up. Yes. Yeah. Like, I used to have a joke about that, that like, like, my favorite white, the favorite type of white people are the godless kind because God, honestly, uh-huh. <laughs> they're, just nicer. they're just more moral. They'll come yeah. to a march with you. Yeah, like if they'll have like tattoos and piercings and be all weird, but they're like actually good people. Like the, yep. the people that go to Bible, the white people, not right, but like the white people that go to Bible study and church and stuff like that, those are the white people that usually want to take away your right and tell you why you deserve, like, oh, well, what was he wearing? And, oh, well, he was mm-hmm. over those white people. And yeah. I, I need to figure out a way to check my bias because their their hate is, like, contagious to me. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, I have to check it. I have, because, like, that's not, like, your reaction to the, the racism that you feel, and the, not even racism, but, like, the microaggression. Because, like, mm-hmm. when you feel marginalized when you feel like invisible that's that's an attack on you too so it's like the hate that i feel from this microaggression from white christians is like i need to work on that too and i i'm pretty sure like a a lot of woke black people of faith can attest that too yes and you know i i think that you're totally right like as a christian people we do have to be we do have to be careful and cognizant and um, to not become like them because true mm-hmm. wrong will make a right. But also like every time I think, every time I say that and know that that's the right thing to do, I also flip the script and I'm like, why do we always have to be the ones to be flexible? Like, mm-hmm. Why can't they also see? Because I, I think some people, someone said, like, Black people are too forgiving. Yes. <laughs> I like that all the time. Yeah, we are forgiving because, but the thing is, I think we're also, that speaks to our strength. Because I think, like, if you, Black people have always been popping because even though, like, we've been through so much, like, but look at us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, like, we we god gave us that or i don't know like if this might sound um or rub people the wrong way but i think god gave us this as a burden um and i think it made us you know better people and people that really see his grace and his light not to say that black people are more christian than white people but um that But, but I do I, agree with you, Mika. I do yeah. think that, um, yeah, that, you know, with everything that we've gone through, we've just, we're just the people of resilience. Like, we just come back and we come back even stronger. Yeah. And I also want to, oh, did you finish your point? No, I was just going to say, like, even if we, even if, even if it's like, well, why do I always have to be the one to be flexible, the one to, you know, check my Bible and see if my heart is in the right place? Even if you're always the one doing that, you should still do it. Because really, yeah. like, God holds each of us accountable. 
And I'm mm -hmm. sure there are some white people who hold themselves accountable to the Bible yeah. that way too. It may not be the majority of Christians, but the, the, the road is narrow. Yeah. And we all have to walk that walk the best that, um, the way that God speaks to our hearts. And you'll be Yeah. And I think that um, forgiveness is also a gift for you. Like, it's not necessarily oh, like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm always forgiving. Why is this like this? But it's a gift for you. So you don't have to always hold that hate in your heart. Like, it's, it releases you from um, just those negative uh thoughts or those negative things that you could just put on your heart so it's it's for you it's not necessarily like yes it's good to forgive other people for them as well but like it's just to just check yourself and to just um be free from it be free from that hate like you don't want to carry that hate with you and i also just want to um distinguish the two of like mercy and justice like, mm. we do give mercy to people. Like, I, I agree. Like, we're always, like, a forgiving people. But at the same time, God, like you said, Mika, God holds people accountable. So don't think that this, they're not going to yes. um, get the consequences that they're going, they're, they're, they're supposed to have because of their actions. So, um, I think, yeah. So I think um, right now, I genuinely do think we're in a movement where we will see justice. But at the end of the day, God, God's going to handle that period. God's going to yeah. handle all of our battles and we don't have to worry about anything. But I mean, I do, um, you know, sometimes get frustrated, but I mean, if you just keep going back to your word, it just always refreshes you. It just always refreshes you. Like it just reminds you, like, you know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like God will handle your battles. Like no weapon against you shall prosper. Like it just continues to always feed into you. So I think when people or anyone is like, having those feelings of, oh, I don't want to forgive and, oh, I don't want to be, like, hateful. Like, just keep going back to your word because it'll just feed life into you. And, again, th that forgiveness is a gift for you. Yeah. The word has to be what grounds you. It can't be it can't be your feelings, your emotions, or your opinions. It has to be the word. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So that's pretty much... Um, it from my outline um like the last thing i wanted to say is that like when the bible talks about religious people and like how the religious people were the ones that kind of like um how do you say they were the ones who uh, betrayed jesus in the first place and it's like they were so concentrated on their religion they stopped they couldn't even see god in front of them so it's like when you are a person and you call yourself a Christian, but you have like all this hate in your heart for somebody, like an, another person, no matter, like, doesn't matter who they are as a person, like Bible says for you to love, but you see that you have, you know, prejudice or a hate in your heart, you know, like, don't be like the religious people. Don't, don't like follow, you know, if, if um, you're in a, a, a religion that like, propagates hate don't be like that keep checking yourself like like we said like keep checking your word and like um i guess just change yeah i think um it was in the bible where oh i think it was paul who checked peter 
Like, he was like, Peter, like, what are you doing? Like, he mm-hmm. was just, like, blending in with everybody. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> trying to act like he was better than the Gentiles. And it's like, bro, like, sometimes I also think, too, what's important um, with uh, going, um, you know, by the word. Also, I have that community around you that, like, mm. checks you. Like, godly community. <laughs> you know, yeah. good people. You might be at a KKMK like, rally. Talk about what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, I think because there are a lot of, um, it's the the term legalistic Christians. Like, that really, um, they kind of hold themselves to that law rather rather than the relationship with God and with Christ. And it's like, it's not about necessarily like that little, every like um like the pharisees the way they used to follow every law and they thought following the law made them made them righteous but really god said and also jesus said if you don't love first all of those other things don't matter Mm -hmm. so the fact of the matter is we really gotta anchor ourselves in the love of god and really make an effort to see our neighbor and love our neighbor as ourselves so that we can like so that we we can be, be ha- have that barometer to be able to check ourselves and also be able to commu- um, create that community that we need to hold us accountable because you know we'll, we'll have moments where we fall but mm-hmm. if you have the right people around you and if you are grounded in the right place then like you it shouldn't fail that should keep you uh does that uh wrap up everything vicky was there any other points okay all right well this was a great you know um we should have a part two we should yeah that this conversation about like hate is so (laughs) relevant right now just because of the fact that we're facing so much hate and it's just so easy to you know get lost in that like we talked about so so yeah i'm down for part two yeah whenever. thank you for um, putting this together vicky and like oh. i think this topic was really awesome to talk about and discuss agreed all right well i guess this wraps up the episode my name is Bridget, aka Gigi. i'm victoria and this is mika and thanks for tuning in and this is Oh, oh, that's that's so. Bye guys, till next time. Alright, bye. <laughs> bye. Wait, are we literally hanging up? <laughs>